this guiding star process, the five steps of what you have to do to break up a messy problem is like the North Star. It doesn't change. And the reason is that people and systems are very predictable. And you can navigate using sort of an all-purpose tool because mostly when it comes right down to it, you're interacting with people. And there are some basic rules of the road that make that easier. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and my guest today is Wendy Bessman, the founder and creative content director of Get There Project, which is aimed at helping families raising differently wired kids be more informed and confident in mapping out a path for the challenges, especially those involving the systems we're often up against. The mother of a son with autism and bipolar disorder, Wendy is going to share with us her family roadmap, which is a step-by-step guide for how families raising differently wired children can more successfully navigate health, insurance, and education systems. Her approach helps parents of atypical children with many different kinds of needs, especially in situations where clear community support may not be readily defined. In addition to founding the Get There Project, Wendy is behind Team Up for Families, an advocacy and training organization for families living with behavioral, developmental, and other special health needs. She also has written several books, including The Family Roadmap, Team Up for Your Child, and Young Adult Roadmap. And before I get to my conversation with Wendy, the Tilt Parenting Podcast is supported with the help of generous listeners who make a small monthly contribution to help me cover the cost of its production. If you would like to join this community of supporters, I would be grateful. It's easy to do, and when you sign up, you can make a monthly pledge of as little as $2 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash tiltparenting to sign up. Again, that's patreon.com slash tiltparenting. And now, here's my conversation with Wendy. Hello, Wendy. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Debbie. Thanks you for having me. Well, I would love as a way to start, you sent me a lovely email giving me a little bit more about your story. Would you mind sharing for my listeners some of your your personal experience that inspired the work that you do in the world? Sure. Get Their Project evolved out of my experience as the parent of two wildly differently wired children, Elliot and David, who are grown now and independent. Hallelujah, I'm thrilled to say. Didn't think it was going to happen sometimes. But it evolved out of my having to go around and find the services and supports they need. I mean, we all know that diagnoses are pretty much for school system services and insurance coverage. But lots of labels flowed through our household, ADHD and giftedness and sensory processing disorder for Elliot and autism and bipolar disorder for David. And I was wandering through the wilderness, as so many of us do, trying to find services that fit the kid And it's such an overwhelming process. It is like moving into a a strange new world where everybody speaks a different language and they have all kinds of rules and customs that seem very bizarre and you have to find your way through. So in the course of doing all of that, I 
began to collect strategies from other parents because I didn't know what to do. And I had these children who did things that were really hard to understand. Uh, my younger child, David, was kind of a wild man who got bounced out of four preschools by the time he was five because between the autism and the cycles of the bipolar disorder, he tended to scratch, kick, and bite whenever he got upset and was disinvited from a lot of places. And the school system spent a lot of time trying to figure out what to do with David, whereas for Elliot, it was a lot more of a thing that could get missed because they just didn't know what to do. I just heard this is a very, very bright person uh, who we don't know how to deal with because there's no respect for authority, because there's all this impulsivity, and on and on and on. And also these sensory processing issues in which everything was too hot, too cold, too rough, too uncomfortable. So trying to figure out how to support these children became this process of trying to figure out how to navigate systems to get what we needed. Because when we have differently wired children, the services usually don't fit really well. And I, I feel like the typical parent thing is you call up and you say, what I really need is A, B, and C. And they say, well, we don't have A, B, and C. We have specialize in D, E, and F. Go down the street here for A, B, and C. And you go down the street and you stand in line and you get there and they say, what kind of idiot told you we had A, B, and C? We really have X, Y, and Z. And that's what you really need. So fill out this form and get on the waiting list. And in three months, we'll call you. And that's kind of your life when we're doing this. So that's why I started to collect strategies uh, about what worked for other parents. And it became the first workbook that with other family advocates evolved into the roadmap series and the guiding star. So how did you, I mean, I feel like everyone listening is like, Yes. And, uh, you know, like it can completely relate to, to your story. Cause I hear from so many parents, you know, just the, especially the school, like just trying to figure that out. And, you know, that was a big reason why I started tilt as well was just this idea that you just don't know where to start and it's hard to gather that information. So how, I'm just curious how you went about, you said you talk with other parents, but could you share a little bit more about your curation or your research process? It all started with a pilot program in the state of Tennessee, where I live part-time, and it was all about what families did that worked, because I had a lot of uh, the interaction with families through nonprofit work, through uh, advocacy, through National Alliance on Mental Illness, various things, and so we came together with some of these families and also organizations that served families family advocacy organizations, mental health agencies, insurance carriers, and put them all together in an advisory board. I know I thought like, you know, I, I couldn't believe they were willing to actually do this because I was just this mom sitting over here. But I, I got everybody together in a room and we decided to create this workbook, getting 20 different psychologists, psychiatrists, insurance carriers and whatever to work on something together was uh, a nightmare, but eventually out came this book, and then it became uh, a nationally distributed book. 
And then a number of family advocates started uh, using it around the country, and they said, turn it into a curriculum. So we did. And eventually, they came together to help create this roadmap series. It's sort of built and built and built so that now there's a certification program for using the roadmap curricula and workshops, coaching, and now e-learning. We are so excited because families more and more like to go online to get their learning. So it has been this wild ride just going from here I am wandering through the wilderness trying to figure out what's right for my child after I get the phone call. Uh, Elliot's getting kicked out of band because of uh, getting bored and chewing on the plastic band chairs. And I go, what? And then on and on and on because this child had some very wacky behavior and David had some very aggressive behavior. So I'm always getting that come and get them phone call. You know what that is? Or what a friend of mine calls the cold, wet slap in the face <laughs> where you feel like, you know, everything's going fine. Raw, we're doing the right thing. And then whoops, you get this phone call and it all falls apart. So it's been a process of coming together with a lot of people who share that same experience to put together these materials that could be used. And uh, another thrilling thing is that this process is now used, this guiding star process in our roadmap series is used from Maine to Guam. A uh, couple of months ago, we trained family advocates in Guam to use this process. So that was enormous. And it really made me feel good about using this kind of a process because what we're going for is to somehow keep it very simple, a simple five-step thing you can do wherever you go. Because my experience was, as we navigate systems, it's not just one system. The, the problems change, the programs change, the procedures change, the personnel changes. But this guiding star process, the five steps of what you have to do to break up a messy problem is like the North Star. It doesn't change. And the reason is that people and systems are very predictable. And you can navigate using sort of an all-purpose tool because mostly when it comes right down to it, you're interacting with people. And there are some basic rules of the road that make that easier. So, okay, I want to um, I want to get in more to the details of the Guiding Star process, but can we take a, a step back? I want to make sure that listeners have context for exactly, you know, how this would would help them or what situations they would apply this process to. So you you mentioned systems, you know, is this something that a parent would tap into to navigate, you know, everything from figuring out a and a path for a child's education to getting insurance to dealing with a, an after school program that doesn't quite get it to, you know, I, I guess, give us some context for for this work. Well, it works for just about anything. Because if you are in an IEP meeting, if you are on the phone with a customer service agent who does not want to give you insurance coverage for a therapy, uh, if you are dealing with any other type of problem like this, it's all the same thing. So, I mean, I personally logged a hundred IEP meetings with for my son, David, and it worked every time because the whole principle is 
whatever it is, wherever you're you're trying to find, you're pretty much starting with a big, messy situation. You're pretty much starting with, I don't even know where to start. And we say that knowing where to start makes all the difference so that you can say, okay, the first thing I need to know, whatever it is, because the school system is not getting it and we're not getting what we need and my kid is crashing and burning. You need to know what do we need most right now and have a process for getting to what you need most. So they're not saying A, B, C, D, E, F, and you're going to go, ooh, whatever. What do I need most right now? And that is based on your child's true strengths and your family's strengths, but also figuring out what your priority concerns are. And it may not be what you think. And then when you've got those goals set, you have to go into a system and learn the basics of it. Because every system is different. It has own language. It has its own procedures. And you've got to make yourself smart about that. And then you have to, no matter what kind of service you have, whether you are looking for insurance coverage or you're looking for that gatekeeper in the school system who's going to help you, you have to build relationships with those people. So they help you get what you want and what your child needs. And then you have to learn how to manage information because tremendous amount of data and paperwork and percentile scores and whatever are coming your way. And you have to learn how to corral that, manage it and make it usable for you. And then finally, you have to learn how to find support because one thing we all know is these problems keep happening and happening. I am here to tell you. It doesn't even stop when they turn 18, definitely. Oh, we don't want to so, hear that, Wendy. Please. No. But it gets better. <laughs> it gets a lot better. But no matter what, you have to have the support, have the resources to keep you going when it happens. So really set goals, learn the system basics, build the relationships, manage the information, and find support are these five points. And wherever you go it will be better and easier if you use them. They're not rocket science. They're just, it's just a system. It's a system. It's a blueprint, which, you know, again, when you're, when you don't know where to start, it's really helpful. We'll be right back after this quick break. I'm on the road this month and oh man, am I missing my sweet kitties, Haskell and Lua. They've been a part of our family for more than two years and I'm so grateful they're keeping Darren such good company while I'm away. If you're getting a new pet soon, you're probably already thinking about everything you'll need to buy. Food, toys, a cozy bed, doggy bags or litter boxes. Something you may not be thinking about, though, is pet insurance. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim, and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com parenting. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. 
This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. If you listen to this show, you probably know that at least one in five children is differently wired. But did you know that approximately one in two women will experience hair thinning? If you're part of that 50%, you are absolutely not alone. But because hair thinning for women isn't something people openly talk about, going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. So why not do something about it with Nutrafol? Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth isn't going to cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, postpartum, menopause, even for different lifestyles like a plant-based diet. To get your personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes, you can take a simple hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com. And because there's no prescription required, you can quickly get set up online with free shipping and automated deliveries, which make it so much easier to stick with your new hair care routine. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code TILT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code TILT. That's Nutrafol.com promo code TILT. I'm wondering if you could kind of walk us through an example of of a messy situation. I'm just thinking right now is the time of year as we're recording this. It's, you know, mid-October. This is a time I know sometimes things, problems start to arise at school. We might be realizing that, you know, maybe the IEP that we have in place, we're starting to see some flaws in the plan. And we need to address them because we're noticing our child is not thriving in school, or there's been disruptive behavior or whatever's going on. So could you using that scenario as an example, walk us through how this five step process would help a parent navigate that? Well, one of the things that would help first is knowing you've got a process, because it often seems like such a blur. But you just start from the beginning every time. And I should say that in my case, a a cyclone hit my backyard, took out the deck, uprooted trees, and I used this same process and it got better. So it does not matter. It will work. But the first thing you do as you're walking into that meeting is you know your role. And what often happens is you're going in and talking to a lot of people who have got a badge with a job title and a job description behind that and a thing they need you to do, sign this paper, pay this premium, whatever it is. They know exactly what they're after. But you walking into this situation don't necessarily know that. You haven't got the badge and the job title and the job description. You're the parent. So first is to know what is my role in this interaction that I'm going to do, because it's all about the interaction. My role when I'm walking into the IEP meeting is based on what my goal is and how do I set those goals. The first thing would be to figure out what I really need out of this situation. When you're going in there, what is the true problem? What are we really trying to solve? And that comes from going, 
hmm, what are our very deep strengths? We have a method for drilling down beyond the surface to come up with your true strengths that can be used to create solutions in this situation of uh, behaviors or the IEP is not working. So what have I got that I can bring to the table from my child, from myself, from my family? And what are my priority concerns? I personally have all kind of things I might worry about at three in the morning, the biggest of which what's going to happen when my child grows up? You know, that's always there. Mm -hmm. But right now, walking into this meeting, what do I need most? And that's number one. That's the first point. There's a process for doing that. Mm -hmm. And then as you're walking in there, you know what you're there to accomplish. And therefore, you can say, here is a problem that needs to be solved. Frequently, I have actually put an agenda on that IEP table to say, here's some things I think we need to address because I believe a lot of it is about coming into your own power and not letting the other end of the interaction have the power over you. So there are a lot of strategies for doing that involving where you sit at the table and who you make eye contact with and whatever. But the basic thing is to know what you're there to accomplish. And when you do, you can not make it emotionally neutral because I'm never going to be emotionally neutral, but you can make it shared ownership of this problem. Here is a problem that I see happening. Here is an issue that's coming up. And we all go, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We all agree on that. Well, what are we going to do about it? Here's some things we can do. How do you feel about this? What else would you suggest? There, That problem is on the table, inviting everybody to take impersonal ownership of the problem. And I find that that interpersonal uh, approach really makes people get on board to help my child. So that's the first thing, knowing your role when you walk in that meeting. And knowing what that, how that system works and having skills to use that system. And then knowing who your allies are or knowing how to make more allies. Knowing how to listen to test scores, that information thing. And who else can I bring in that's going to support me? So in every situation I've gone to, I have basically worked through those numbers. And recently, this happened to me in another setting, some of your listeners with older children might be familiar with, and if you don't, hey, it's in your future, is vocational rehabilitation, which is a terrible system, basically, very complicated. And I was in a meeting trying to work on how to get my child a job, and it was all a blur. It was just words on paper. It was nothing. And I thought, wait a minute, you've got a system. One, two, three, four, five. And I started with, what do I need most out of this situation based on the strengths we're bringing to the table and my priority concerns and the fog kind of dispersed and I could go on. Hmm. So it's kind of taking, you know, the we can't get rid of the underlying emotions or fears or concerns, but it's such a rational approach to things that it helps us kind of stay more in our head, right? Yeah. And it helps you know that I'm bringing a lot of emotion here, but what I'm doing is that I'm inviting other people in the most neutral way to help me take ownership of the problem. I've walked into the room and I've my record is having 15 people at that table at school and just me walking in the room. And they made me cry once, but only once. Because as you walk in that room, it's your problem. It's your problem with your child who has a problem. 
they're right, you're wrong, just because you've walked into the room. And what you're doing is shifting that power interaction so that everybody is invited to look at this situation and come up with creative solutions. And that's one of the reasons why you dig down and really look for those strengths, because those strengths your child has and that you and your family have, plus the supports that those various institutions, the schools, the insurance, whatever have, those are where the solutions come from. I'm wondering if you have any tips for the the second step in this process about learning, you know, the system basics, because I think I know for me personally, that's where I've always gotten hung up is almost just a sense of just overwhelm, like, you know, where do I even start to find this information? Or, or I, maybe I just kind of shut down because it just seems too tricky to figure out how to navigate the insurance reimbursement for therapy or whatever it is. Like, do you have any strategies or hacks for helping parents know how to dig into that information or, or discover it? Well, a lot of specific strategies that you uncover when you start to get into these systems. But the basics are to realize that they really are alike in certain ways, because every system you go into, insurance, school system, whatever, it is really like going to another country. They speak a certain language to one another in order to exchange information. They use words, and those words are often unfamiliar, and you don't need to learn all the words, but you need to learn how to you know, ask for coffee. You know, you need to learn the most basic words, and we call them keywords, keywords in any system that can really open doors. For example, a keyword word in the school system and in health systems is keywords. They're actually two words, medically necessary. Medically necessary are keywords that open doors. And you learn in that system what those words mean and the power that those words have. So you have to go in there and just say, hmm, what are the most basic words that you need to learn? And in the back of our book, we actually have a glossary, a rather long glossary of all of the keywords that are in different systems that are very helpful to know. So that's the basics, learn the language. Hmm. And once you do that, you are way far ahead because you can get on the phone with I, the insurance company, I think is kind of the ultimate and say, I'm looking for X, Y, Z, and you can talk the talk, and then they know what to do with you. And one of my little tricks for insurance companies is when things are getting real complicated, you ask for a field care specialist in my insurance system. It may work elsewhere differently, but you ask for the person whose whole job is to solve problems for people. Because the person that you first talk to on the phone, their job is to give you information, to process information. They're at a, a, a real low level, but there's somebody behind them whose job it is to deal with problems. And you want to get to that person. And, and here in America, it is often the person with two names. They have a first name and a last name and a phone number you can call them back as opposed to just call the main number on the back of your insurance card and explain the situation and you're having to explain it over and over. If you can ask to speak to a supervisor and ask to speak to a supervisor and eventually get to this person who has two names, it's gold. <laughs> Try it. That's so funny. We, we're looking for people 
full, fully fleshed out humans with two names who exist and that we can connect with again, right? Exactly. And one of the other sort of handy dandy little tricks that work in every system is to walk into any appointment uh, in the school system or any other appointment, works like a charm in doctor's appointments, and come with a numbered list, a list where you can pull it out of your pocket or your purse and say, I just have a few questions, comments, whatever. Number one, and you start running through this must be written down. That's how the magic works. And it is like a response that you get from people in professional capacities that they will, they they may have their clipboard and be headed out the door. They will slow down, they will sit down, and they will listen to you because you have organized their world with a numbered list. Mm -hmm. And I've had people try this in a lot of different settings, and it's kind of magic. Very interesting. We'll be right back after this quick break. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com tilt for 25% off. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. 
That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. I'm wondering who, you know, you typically work with at the Get There Project. So I'm recognizing that this is support for families and parents, but do you also have, I don't know, is this like ever a two-way street in terms of getting teachers and educators, for example, on board and so that they they can better show up to these types of situations? Or are you really giving the strategies for for parents specifically? That's an excellent question. We have actually worked more from the end of agencies, schools, mental health centers, and things like that, because that's been a way that we could get to families. And actually, some of these agencies and centers, uh, this is how I started, they buy the book by the hundreds to give out. And they wanted some way to coach families and work with families. So in our, our training sessions, frequently, the people we have are education administrators or teachers or people who work in mental health agencies, often people who work in peer support capacities as advocates in mental health agencies, developmental disability agencies, and so on. So we've worked with people all over the country, and we actually have master trainers that are certified to go out and teach this system within their own communities in that way, because working through these agencies, I think, is more of a wraparound way then it, it shouldn't all be on us. Mm-hmm. They should have their brains adjusted too. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, many of these agencies exist specifically to deal with our families. So how great would it be for us all to be communicating and using the same language and having working towards the same goals instead of, I think so many of these relationships have this inherent adversarial tone to them. And it seems like that it really shouldn't be that way. It should be that way, and it needs to be that way, because once you start getting into the adversarial tone, and believe me, I have gotten irritated, then you are not getting something accomplished because you are not getting other people to step up and take ownership equally in the problem, and you're not dealing as an equal. Mm. So um, I always like to talk about the, my, my children actually call me on this, it's called the thin edge of annoyance that gets results in your voice, where you are being very, very sympathetic about people's frailties and problems, but you are being very firm about the results that you need to get. And it is a two-way street. It invites everybody to take responsibility, but it often falls to us to find those people who are really open to doing that. And they're out there. They want to help. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have any I'm trying to get all your tips and strategies. Um, <laughs> you know, I think too, one of the pieces of this is the overwhelm just with the information. You know, I remember at one point, I think I, w- I had an organizational expert on the podcast and I was just talking about how overwhelmed I can get with all the different assessments and reports. And, and she's like, why don't you make a binder <laughs> with all the <laughs> materials that you're asked for? over and over again. So you know, where I was like, okay, that's a great idea. So I've got a binder now, which felt like rocket science to me, like making that connection. But so I'm wondering, do you have any because you're, you're talking about creating systems and, and having a path when we're out in the wilderness, like, do you have any strategies or advice for organizing the material 
whether it's insurance companies or school things or, or education, whatever it might be. There's so much of it, isn't there? And yeah. it just never stops coming. And I personally, I don't like to take advice from neat people because they have these elaborate systems that make sense in their heads. But I am actually a messy person by nature who kind of throws the paper. You know, I use a binder too, but I tend to kind of like throw the papers into the binder and sort it out later. And my philosophy is number one, you have to know how you think. I mean, here we are dealing with our differently wired kids, trying to retrofit their worlds to work with how they think. Well, we got to think about how we think also. I think messy. So I need a system that does not involve a great deal of maintenance for me, that lets me just figure out what do I need right now. And when I'm done, well, I'm going to give myself a little time to neaten it up later. I also, like you say, the three ring binder at least keeps it all in one spot. I like to keep a spiral notebook so that when I'm talking on the phone, I can jot down things like the time of day and who I talk to and what their badge number is and so on, which I've had to use as a chronology to get insurance coverage when it comes to the wall and they don't want to give it to you. But the main thing is, number one, know there is a way to manage the information because it's not all important. And the other is to have something that works with your head to contain all this information so you feel feel in control, not somebody else's system, but yours. And when you think about it, uh, it really makes it easier because, in fact, we're doing this for our kids already. We don't give ourselves enough room. There are some specific strategies for that that have to do with not only being able to organize paperwork, which is what we always think of in terms of managing information, but also in the way we receive information from other people. We have a strategy called how to listen to test scores, because you know they're, they're sitting there, they're talking to you, they're showing you a piece of paper, and it has all these numbers on it. And I tend to fuzz out because they're going blah, 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 percentile, percentile, and, and usually means your kid is tanking is what it usually means. But there's a way to question people interactively so that they tell it to you in a way that makes sense, so that they interpret what they're saying in a way that actually communicates to you. And there's a way to, to do that by you asking questions. And so we have to think not only in terms of what we are the in our binder, the fact that we never, never, never let loose of those original documents and we take them back whenever we leave a meeting and this is just the procedure, but also in the way that we are listening to and processing information. Super interesting. So can you, as a way to kind of wrap up our conversation, just tell us a little bit more about the Get There project and what parents could find as resources within your organization? Well, if they go to our website, gettheirproject.org, you'll find a number of resources, not only for parents, but also for educators, for people in agencies, and for people who are supporting and helping young adults. Because one thing I didn't mention is that there's a whole program for young adults who have to start in their teens and 20s navigating the world on their own. And this is something I speak about a lot. And I was really thrilled 
that in one of the speeches I gave recently, there was a woman with a nine-year-old child in the audience because she was starting that soon to think about the big picture of what her child's life could be if she was planning, just starting to think about it. And it's really worthwhile. But if they go on the site, they will find um, a number of resources, sharing strategies, things that they can just use immediately, and also uh, portals to get to things like the Family Roadmap and Young Adult Roadmap workbooks, opportunities for coaching, for being trained as coaches, and ways to use our new e-learn, interactive e-learning courses, which you can just do online by yourself. So various resources, and they're all there on gettheirproject.org. Fantastic. So listeners, I'll have links in the show notes page if you want to check that out. And it's just such an interesting conversation. And I, when you reached out to me, I was so curious to learn more. I First of all, I love talking with people who whose personal experience and passion drove them to, I don't know if drove is the right word, but inspired the work that they're doing in the world now. And and who, you know, people who create what they needed. And it sounds like you certainly did that and and so many helpful resources for families. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to come by and share with us today. Thank you for talking with me. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, visit tiltparenting.com slash podcast and search for this conversation. If you like what you heard on today's episode, I would be grateful if you could take a minute to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for helping us stay visible so people who would benefit from the show can easily find it. If you want to support the show and help me cover the cost of production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. To support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Lastly, if you aren't already part of the online community at Tilt, I invite you to sign up at TiltParenting.com on the box in the bottom where it says join the revolution. Every Thursday, I send out a short email with a quick note from me, a link to that week's podcast episode and links to five stories from the news that week that are relevant to parents like us. Again, you can sign up and learn more about Tilt at www.TiltParenting.com. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not gonna tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.